welcome to the Web Policy Talk podcast recorded live at the Impact and Policy Research Institute Impri New Delhi Namaste and good evening everyone. I am Ritika Gupta, Assistant Director at IMFRI Impact and Policy Research Institute, Prabhavevam Niti, Anusandhan Sastran, Naitili. Excellent, my heart is welcome to you all to IMFRI Hashtag Web Policy Talk. Today we are here for a special talk on Enabling Micro-Enterprises for Economic Growth, Entrepreneurship Development with Government Policy Interventions in Nepal. This talk is being organized by Count of You, Uh, South Asian Study Center at IMPRI, Count of You, and Center for Development Communication and Studies, Jaipur. As part of the series, the State of Development in South Asia, hashtag EconDev Discussion. The speaker for today is Dr. Ramji Prasad, New Pandit. I would now like to welcome our moderator for today, Professor Utpal Kumar Day, who is Professor at Northeastern Hill University in Shillong. Sir, over to you. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I think now I am audible. Yes, sir, audible. Yeah. But sir, you can mute your system. Yeah. Yes. Now it is okay now. Yes. Thank you very much. So today we have assembled here again uh, for a discussion on a very relevant topic in this pandemic situation. Uh, the topic is enabling uh, uh, micro-enterprises for economic growth, for entrepreneurship development and government policy interventions in Nepal. The talk will be delivered by the Armenian speaker, Dr. Ramaji Prasad Nepane, who is the National Project Manager of NEDPA and PA, Ministry of Industry, Commerce and Supply, Government of Nepal. Uh, the program you know, the micro-enterprises on which the talk will be delivered today and the discussion will be there. It is under the South Asian Study Center of Italy, along with the Counter View and CDCA. Uh, jointly being organized under the banner of the State of Economic Development in South Asia of Inter-Development Discussion for the Impact Policy Research Institute, New Delhi. Now, this is a part of the series of discussions on various aspects Uttal, sir. that we have started last year Uttal, sir. Uh, with the Rural Development Policies Government. Uttal, sir, can you hear me? सर एक बार अपने सिस्टम में यू कैन प्लीज स्पीकर भी बंद कर लेंगे ना तो इको इट्स कमिंग नॉट म्यूट द स्पीकर ऑफ योर लैपटॉप उसको भी द साउंड सिस्टम इट मस्ट बी एट राइट बिलो नॉट इन जूम यस गो ऑन प्लीज Yes. 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 Please go. Yes. Please go. Yes. So, shall I begin again or not? Yes. 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 Yes.
Yes, sir. Okay, we can continue. Yes, yes. So, we have started the discussion to the rural development, agricultural development, which are in the foremost important thing under the COVID-19 situation when all other sectors are not functioning. So, all these developing countries in South Asia are much dependent on the agricultural rural activities. When the people came back from the cities, living their uh, main works, uh, many of these, they were very difficult to find and there are new jobs in the rural areas also, so new revenues. And this pandemic situation, the worst hit where the micro-enterprises and the informal sector, basically, most of which are these, in Nepal, Bangladesh, India, all these countries here, more than 80 to 90 percent across these countries, uh, the industrial uh, employment are generated in the informal sector, and the micro-enterprises, village enterprises, all these together. And this got in the dominancy online like the how to revive this sector and think these have huge contribution to the economic growth of these countries uh, uh, traditionally over the years with some reform. And so uh, there we needed a new government intervention and policy regulations to uh, make them uh, more uh, capable and uh, to revive them. Uh, to absorb this increasing unemployed laborers and sudden uh, closure of these industries. How do you buy this again? So, in this perspective, uh, we can say that um, uh, the, today's talk is very relevant and we hope that Professor uh, Neopane will uh, give us some new directions uh, through his speech and how government policy interventions can change the uh, way of activities of these micro-enterprises uh, through new technological innovation, absorbing new levels and avoiding the COVID infection situations. Because again, we are in the phase of second wave of the corona situations and out of fear that we saw in the last year that during the pandemic and lockdown, that millions of people had to rush uh, that despite having no transport alternatives, even by walking, uh, they had to uh, go back to their home and after return, uh, again, they were not able to get a permanent job there or regular activities. So they were forced to join in the cities again and metros. But now again, the panic has erupted and uh, they have started coming back because all of a sudden each transport is stopped, railways, uh, other public and private transport. So out of this fear, they have started coming back. So this coming and going, if this perpetually situation uh, go on, then how the economy will function in a sustainable manner? So that is a big question now. So I think in a, we need a new design. Uh, for the enabling these micro-enterprises so that they can run. So there will be no disruption of the limited market and the inputs and other sectors. So that linkage is totally disrupted from the producers to the consumers to the input sector and so on. So so in that light, we, we think we will hear from the internet, the new internet,
into that. So with this, I give this prayer to uh, Dr. Ramji. And please, bring on that glory to your now. Please take that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Professor Utpal. So, uh, good afternoon and namaste to all. So, I will share what I have prepared to talk. Hope this is a full screen already. No, sir. Not yet? So, you can just click at the full screen again. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Is it a full screen or not? Yes, yes, it's, it's a full screen. You can go to the first. Yes, please go. On. Okay. Okay. So thank you. Thank you so much. So good afternoon and namaste. You know, I think the weather is outside. It's raining and then uh, windy. So bear with me, you know, if there is any technical difficulties because these things do happen. So I will try to talk about 20, 25 minutes as uh, I said, and then uh, we can discuss uh, you know, further. So what I'm going to do basically is, you know, talk on, in Nepal, we have a, a program called, uh, you know, Micro Enterprise Development uh, for Poverty Alleviation that we call MEDPA in short. So I may be using this, uh, you know, abbreviation because uh, some of uh, you may be not familiar with this, but uh, I will try not to do so, but it sometimes just comes, okay? So I will talk just about how government is uh, implementing this program because this is this is a you know long program. So I will just talk about uh, you know I will begin with my why what we call as micro enterprises in Nepal and then entrepreneurship development you know and there was a program uh, implemented for last twenty years called micro enterprise development program. So that program has developed a. Uh, um, kind of model, you know, how you work with rural poor. And then I'll talk that. And then I'll also talk about after that, that, that was a program, you know, funded by externally. Then um, I will talk about how government is replicated that into the government system, government uh, model, uh, what we call as institutionalization into government system and why that is important for local economic development. I will not, uh, I mean, talk more on, you know, the impact of COVID as such, but there, there is, uh, you know, a bigger impact of COVID to our micro entrepreneurs, of course, because of the transportation, uh, you know, disruptions, because of the infections, you know, uh, transporting of raw materials, going to the market and all that kind of issues are there, which have affected uh, greatly. Um, but just keeping that context, uh, you know, into this picture. So I'm just going to talk uh, about what it is, what we do. So in Nepal, you know, that we have uh, what you call as micro, uh, micro enterprise are defined. Of course, these are very, uh, I mean, tiny businesses, but uh, we have an industrial enterprise act uh, just came last year, 2020. Uh, in fact, we had that act uh, some years before. But as Nepal uh, is federated into, you know, the three levels of government, so that act had to be uh, revised. So we have a federal act, Industrial Enterprise Act 2020. So that says, uh, that uh, defines microenterprise as, um, um, you know, business uh, entity uh, whose fixed capital does not exceed 2 million Nepalese rupees, you know, excluding the house and the land. And then the uh, entrepreneurs should be uh, <clears throat> involved in the operation and management of the enterprise. So, and the person. And then 
uh, it should not uh, employ more than nine workers, including the entrepreneurs. If it is more than nine, so then it falls onto different categories. It will be a small enterprise, not micro-enterprise. And similarly, the other uh, definition is that annual transaction should be less than 10 million rupees. And if the energy is to be used, equipment or any machine, it should be uh, <clears throat> you know, equal to or less than 20 kilowatt. So this is the uh, definition of micro-enterprise defined by the Enterprise mm -hmm. Act. So as I said that we had, uh, you know, uh, the micro-enterprise uh, as an identity, you know, micro-entrepreneurs got identity in the policy in Nepal in 2007 only with the micro-enterprise policy, which is later integrated into the industrial policies. You know, and then, um, <clears throat> then we either said that we have this micro-enterprise, uh, Industrial Enterprise Act 2020, which has a tax exemption policy to micro-entrepreneurs. Uh, so in that way, we say that it's, it's, it has a conducive, uh, you know, policy environment to uh, micro-entrepreneurs. And then we also have this financial act, uh, which has a tax exemption policy to micro-entrepreneurs, like for uh, men, it is a seven years, for women, it is a 10 years. They don't have to pay any, any taxes. Uh, and uh, similarly, as we went into the federal forms of governance, we have a seven provincial government and then the local government. So there are also provincial in industrial enterprise act being, you know, some province have already um, uh, what you call approved and some are in developing stage because our uh, provincial government are very initial stage because they just came into existence from 2017 only. And uh, we have this local government operation act uh, 2017 because local government, uh, government also came into uh, the picture with the federalism in uh, 2015 constitution but actually uh, they came into existence when we had a first election in 2017. And then we have this, uh, the micro enterprise also reflected in the national periodic plan. The current plan is uh, we call 15 periodic plan, uh, 1920 to 23, 24. And similarly, the government also have, you know, the separate strategic plan for MEDPA, for micro enterprise development for probably elevation. It's a five-year plan. Uh, it was there for 13 to 18. Now second five-year plan is being uh, making. And we have this MEDPA operational guidelines uh, to operate the program uh, and the guideline is also revised in 2020. Uh, uh, similarly, there are also micro enterprise, you know, uh, uh, friendly uh, monetary policies. So the question, you know, when we are uh, working with the poor, when we say, uh, you know, entrepreneurship development with the poor, then uh, for us, uh, we have to answer a few things. Like we, we have a uh, few things come up. For example, you know, how you select uh, people, how you reach to the target group, because we are targeting certain section of the society. That is, uh, I'll just explain a little later. Uh, it's the people living below poverty line. And then uh, if we are talking of poor, you know, can the poor be successful entrepreneurs? There's another question. And then what should be the implementation mechanism to reach to them, to, to support them? And other, uh, you know, the target group is women. So we target women, so 70% of the beneficiaries should be women, what is written in the, our uh, guidelines. So if it is that, then can women participate, participate equally as men? And other question is, will microenterprise that operates informally, because the, as just the Professor Utpal was saying, it's an it's a, it's informal economy. So it, will that contribute to national economy? 
and of course these these products you know from women and from uh, people uh, living below poverty line whether these products and services can compete with the bigger industries or uh, imported products you know and uh, will this program be sustained when the program is phased out basically when there is an external assistance and that is phased out so how can it be uh, uh, you know sustain that so basically, you know, in entrepreneurship development, we are talking about uh, an entrepreneur and entre enterprise and the entrepreneurship, basically. So this, um, uh, you know, the entrepreneur actually, entrepreneur, we have to develop entrepreneur's capacity. So the program focus on activities, you know, to develop entrepreneurship skills in them. When we say entrepreneurship, it's the basically the characteristics of the human resource, you know. It's already there in some people, they just come forward and uh, you know, they start business, they, they think of profit and profit making, you know. But from others, it is, it is not there. They don't think of, uh, they can do something and earn money. So that has to be acquired. So through training, you know, we, we impart that knowledge uh, on them, entrepreneurship skills, and of course the enterprise, that's the physical assets, you know, uh, due to the entrepreneurship skills. So that's what we are talking about entrepreneurship so i'll i was just talking about you know this uh, 20 years of efforts of a project called uh, micro enterprise development program medep so uh, you know that went into phases five years of phases up to 2018 and in 2018 that program uh, stopped and then uh, that program particularly developed a model what we call as micro enterprise development model that i will talk little later and the government uh, basically, uh, you know, took out of uh, replicated all its component, you know, its system, procedures, mechanism, the way you work. And then uh, uh, government started implementing right now that there is no external uh, support as such. And government is uh, implementing in itself um, from 2018 currently. So it has internalized uh, in the form of MEDPA program. And that is that program is now expanded to all of the local governments, the municipalities. We have 753 municipalities in total in Nepal. So when I was talking about a model, you know what? What basically I was talking about, you know how this program uh, runs, you know. So the where we intervene, basically we have we call it demand-driven strategy. You know, there there must be if we are uh, trying to uh, what you call support any activity, any micro enterprise, it must have market. So basically, the it is a local market because this is a tiny business, right? But later they can grow into regional, national, and international market also. And of course, there must be an enterprise development potential uh, in the area if we want to work on, and then the target group, as I mentioned earlier, you know, so, and their needs and demands, you know, so that we have to deal with that. And we start program activities when all these three things are there, you know, and, and other thing is, I, I was telling about what the model that I was talking about. So I'll just come talk of uh, uh, some uh, important uh, elements of the model, you know. There are six steps in the model, as I've shown in the, you know, diagram here, so basically all the programs starts with social mobilization. So we also do social mobilization for enterprise development, you know, where, uh, you know, groups are mobilized, the, the uh, you know, the target groups are identified, you know, people living below poverty line. So those people are done in the social mobilization very quickly. And then the second step is uh, 
I was talking about entrepreneurship, you know. So it is a human potential, you know, the skills, the either it is inherited or acquired. So people, uh, the people we work with, you know, may not be thinking of that they can start business, they can do, uh, they can make profits. So we have to, uh, you know, impart some knowledge of uh, to them. So we what we call as entrepreneurship development. So that is a basically a training and we use a package called, uh, you know, SIYB, start and improve your business. This is a ILO developed package. Uh, and then we have adopted to Nepali context. So it has, uh, you know, inside SIYB, there are four training packages. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to go into details like we call Tope to say training of potential entrepreneurs, training of start, starting entrepreneurs in the beginning, starting of entrepreneur that is in the first year. And then when they start uh, enterprise, when they you know start making money, and then they want to grow their business, then there are two other packages under SIIB, you know, uh, to give into training of existing inter uh, entrepreneurs and training of growing entrepreneurs. So basically to upscale their business. So that is our second steps. And then of course now they have uh, in the entrepreneurship development uh, training itself, you know, they have to have certain things there basically we say three things that they have to prepare a business plan although it is poor people you know uh, in the village uneducated sometimes maybe they are not literate also so it's it's a simple business plan that they need to develop you know, so that where they get uh, raw materials you know how much uh, it costs and what is their labor costing and when they start making profit you know where they can sell so all those kinds of business plan they have to uh, prepare and they also need to think about uh, taking um, uh, you know loan from the bank or any financial institution because we say that you cannot be an entrepreneur with uh, you know thinking that somebody will give you money or government will give you money like subsidies something like that. we say no you have to think that you can get loan and your business is profitable you can produce uh, goods and services, sell in the market, and then you can pay your, uh, you know, <clears throat> loan to the bank. So that is how they have to think also how they can manage with the money. Of course, then, uh, you know, um, after that, you have, they have identified your business and then you need a technical training, technical skill development training. So we also support them on technical skill development training for the particular business or enterprise that select. And then, this is this is not enough again because then uh, you know poor people don't have access where they can get money from so we have to uh, support them to accessing access to microcredit activities you know there are government policies there are uh, there are funds available with low interest rate you know so all that kind of information is needs to be uh, you know <clears throat> imparted to the poor people who who want to be entrepreneurs so now you know that now they have a skill they have they have also money where to get it from and they have selected the business but this is still not they have not started their uh, business so for that they also need now what we call as appropriate technology access to appropriate technology you know basically here we mean that you know <clears throat> anything that machines or equipments you know so that they they need to uh, start their business and of course, then another bigger uh, thing also, again, once they start producing goods and services, is the marketing. You know, a lot of uh, skills that you need in marketing and, and we have to do business counseling with them. 
so these are the six steps are uh, you know the for creation and development of micro entrepreneurs so we have to support we say that these needs to be supported in an integrated way or in other words uh, you know we what we call in uh, you know holding hands holding their hands so we have to take them along for a certain period of time when i say certain period of time that depends you know that depends on type of enterprise that the poor people start uh, undertaking you know yeah, in our experience it can be up to 3 years so you have to be together with the entrepreneurs up to 3 years so that they can uh, you know uh, remain in the business so that is why this uh, you know the micro enterprise is, is stages in different stages like uh, it's a pre startup period that i already said uh, you know earlier like roof formation you start saving and creating operations and then it comes as and then you move into the startup phase like uh, start an embryo business training tope tose i mentioned and then skill training and credit accessibility marketing counseling all kind of things that uh, for required for your enterprise and then after that then this is basically about if you talk about the what you call the period about one year period this all happens in one year period you know you, you start your enterprise you start earning you start selling all that and then the next stage is you you are scale up what we call as graduated you know graduation refers in our uh, <clears throat> term is that we talk uh, we uh, you know what you call support people living below poverty line when they start earning when they are out of the poverty line then for us they are graduated so then uh, you know that that during that stage we have to provide them another two package of training uh, it is called uh, training of existing entrepreneurs and training of growing entrepreneurs you know so kind of refresher training to them so that they can scale up their uh, enterprise and I, I was telling you earlier we have to support them on branding packaging you know we have to show them through exposure visits and marketing linkages uh, linkages with the business organization business people so and that is for second year you know third year kind of thing they move to move on to their businesses then uh, they can also form like product association you know marketing linkages improve marketing linkages product development and diversification quality control and they start now cost sharing uh, <clears throat> for a lot of things that they wanted to go on so this is how you move on to from uh, you know one state to another and then you grow you grow and you graduate to a small enterprises so i was earlier uh, talking about you know why uh, <clears throat> this is uh, you know important because um, uh, you have uh, you know the target group interest you have a market potential so you are based on available local resources so we provide them integrated service packages i was talking about six step earlier so this is basically job creation <coughs> rather than people looking for job right so uh, in our experience uh, cost of job creation is also less in case of micro enterprises compared to smes you know if there are hardcore poor people even among the poor people living below poverty line there are what we call as hardcore poor you know uh, you cannot get even loan from the bank or financial institution because uh, they think that you are not qualified to get loan you are so poor so in that case we have a we we support for what we call as a common facility center a kind of venue you know where you have a machine you have a you know a center where people can learn together you know they they can produce together 
uh, and then that center itself uh, can be a collateral for the bank so that uh, the bank will give you the loan and of course uh, their empowerment you know and then you also try to do some import substitutions and export promotion if entrepreneurs are able to grow further uh, I, I i don't want to go into more detail on this you know what we did over this 20 years period but um, uh, 172 plus thousand entrepreneurs micro entrepreneurs were created uh, 70 percent of them were are women you know so dalits is uh, what we call as scheduled caste in india so these uh, number of dalits and then indigenous nationalities uh, so this, such a number of micro entrepreneurs were created and some of them were graduated and then if we talk of employment generation because uh, micro entrepreneurs is uh, self employed so they will create additional employment so almost double uh, you know, additional one more person is employed in the enterprise, micro enterprise. So, uh, 344,000, and um, you know, 44% of those have moved uh, out of poverty. So, it, this is a 2018 figure. And I was saying a common facility center, number of facility centers and corporates were created through the program. I know this is this is creating a problem okay so then I, i'll talk about so this is i talked about a program called micro enterprise development you know 20 years and now the government is uh, you know rolling out this program now into all municipalities of nepal from 2017 and as i said earlier in 2018 that program phase out and government is now in control and uh, through its own budget and everything so that means conditional grant from the federal government to the local government so the entry point is again the entrepreneurship development you know imparting entrepreneurship skills to potential entrepreneurs micro entrepreneurs uh, with the objectives of generating employment and you know poverty alleviations so basically um, strengthening the three pillars what we call as a government private sector and micro entrepreneurs association so strengthening them uh, so that uh, this program is sustained at the at the local level I was uh, earlier mentioning about this, uh, you know, um, the target groups as such, right? So the target group is uh, is defined, well-defined target groups. We work with the, uh, first, the basic criteria is that they should be, it is the income poverty, people live, people living national poverty line, and within them also hardcore poor. And that is the basic criteria. So among that, those people, so we uh, target youths. So 60% of the beneficiaries should be youth. So youth in Nepal is defined as 16 to 40 years of age group. And then uh, we are, the government has a priority of social inclusion. So 70% of the target group must be women. And then we have also targets set for Dalits, indigenous nationality and other caste and ethnicities. Uh, and of course, the uh, people uh, living in different geographical areas. So these are the criteria, you know, with the where for the selecting of target groups uh, for micro enterprise development. Okay, so I said that the government has uh, institutionalized the micro enterprise development program. So different, uh, you know, uh, components that um, we have to think of is you know policy formulations. We work in policy formulations. And then uh, micro development related institutions uh, at different levels of government, basically three levels of government, federal, provincial, and local government, you know, 
uh, sections or you need uh, different institution to take care of it. Uh, financial resources from the government, uh, both from the federal government as well as the local government, and human resource management. You know, uh, there uh, we need appropriate people in different levels of government and their capacity building. So this is what institutionalizing microenterprise development means for us. And the, the small, it's a GSIMIS, the you know the data system that we have developed. And basically, we are talking about you know this entrepreneurial ecosystem approach. So it's not uh, it's not only that you know we work with the people, we create entrepreneurs. When we are talking of uh, entrepreneurship development, then we have to work in ecosystem approach. We have to work with education institutions, you know, training institutions, universities. Um, I I just um, mentioned here, you know, recently just 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 uh, this year from this year. In Nepal, you know, unlike any other countries, we do not have um, what you call bachelor level uh, courses on entrepreneurship development. But from this year, from our efforts, we had, uh, you know, co collaboration with one university in Nepal called Pokhara University. So with Pokhara University, we, we develop curriculum that is four years bachelor level uh, <coughs> course on entrepreneurship development. So that course uh, is starting from this year only in Nepal for the first time by one university. And um, there are other uh, what we call education and training institute where uh, lower level human resource, what we call as inter uh, enterprise development facilitators, they are involved in uh, what we call as creation and scaling of uh, micro entrepreneurs. So these human resource development, you know, what we call uh, joining with universities, and then all other areas like um, you know human capitals workforce so we have to apart from the regulatory policy environment uh, you know enhancing government policies uh, uh, suitable for micro enterprise then we have to do a lot of other areas you know work with government institution private organizations we have to coordinate we have to providing mentoring and coaching services you know so this this is basically an entrepreneurial ecosystem that we work um and not only just what you call creation of entrepreneurs that i i was just defining you know one just example you know like for example uh, i'm i'm towards the end of my uh, talk now so what what i'm talking about all this you know just for example i, I have just uh, put an example here this is one of our district called salen as a hill district for example in in that district you know there are uh, rural market centers in, in, in every district, can be 10, can be 20, can be 15 market centers. So around each market center, there are communities, right? So we have to uh, take care of different activities. So what are micro enterprises means for that particular area? You know, what are the demands? So what are people looking for in the market? So we develop, we support those kinds of micro -inter enterprises. So we have, uh, I have just listed few of them, you know, it, it could be anything like it can be a haircutting saloon, somebody starting haircutting, somebody starting a beauty parlor, you know, or, or you make a cement block, or you have a food processing unit, uh, or now everybody has a mobile, so this is a mobile repairing shop. So these all sorts of micro uh, enterprises uh, can be started in a market center. So that is very crucial for local economic development. 
And so, um, I I think I'm I'm towards the last slide of my presentation. So, what I wanted to show here, you know, uh, why micro enterprises are very important for economic development uh, in a country like Nepal, where industrial develop industrial development hasn't happened in that context. For example, you know, in our political system, our security situation. If we talk of now as a COVID pandemic, everything. It is, it is not possible to go for a large industries or medium industries, you know, particularly for the local government. So it is, it is the micro enterprises that is very important for local economic development. When we say micro enterprises for an uh, industrial country, if you want to be a, uh, you know, you go towards industrialization, you need micro enterprises in order to, uh, you know, have a industrial uh, growth. So it's like a tree. If you think of a tree, if you want to grow a tree, then you have to, uh, what you call, um, you know, you have to till your soil, you have to fertilize, you have to put your water. So these uh, micro enterprises for industrial um, growth, you know, they work as a roots. So for roots, you have to support them. So micro enterprises, although they are very tiny businesses, you don't see, for example, women making pickles in the village, you know, can be a micro enterprise, but if there are thousands of women doing the same thing, then that is already a big. So collectively, it's a big, uh, you know, uh, producers. But if you if we think of individually, it's very tiny. So government need to uh, support them in order to have, uh, you know, what you call uh, development of small, medium, and large enterprises. For that, we need to this subcontracting mechanism. And I just mentioned that, you know. For the first time in Nepal, in Industrial Enterprise Act of 2020, so there is a policy for subcontracting uh, between the bigger or uh, medium uh, enterprises and the uh, micro enterprises. You know, so first time came as a policy. So because of this, you know, uh, you know, just to tell you a final word, like uh, we are working on micro enterprises, and sometimes we talk with the politicians, sometimes we talk with the uh, you know big uh, bureaucrats, and they say to us that. Oh, where are these people? You say you are working with micro enterprise, but we can't see because they they have the habit of seeing only the bigger industries, you know, where the smoke is coming or there's a big sound is coming. But in case of uh, micro enterprise, it's not visible. You know, you have to go to the household, you have to go to the people, you have to find those micro enterprises. So that's what we talk to them. Therefore, uh, micro enterprises uh, development is very crucial for local economic development and thereby. Uh, you know, industrial growth, uh, uh, promotion of large enterprise in the country. So uh, this is what I I have to share now, um, and uh, thank you very much uh, for this. Thank you. Utpal sir, still not. Hello. Yes, Utpal sir. Yeah, he is some connection problem. Oh. No, sir, let me call you, Utpal, sir. You can keep your speaker off of the computer. So, Arjunji, my time is okay, or I don't know, I took some more time. No, sir, we have some, let Utpal, sir, also convene. The number you are calling is... Uh, no, it's... I don't know if I can hear you.
Samia, are you there? Hmm. Maybe he's trying to connect now. Yes, sir. You can hear me. Yes, you go on. Sir. So, th thanks a lot. I was trying to call you. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what happened today. This audio system, our country, we are telling that we can hijack. And we are also have literate in this respect. Anyway, so thanks a lot to uh, So, you, you gave a brief uh, uh, details of this country. Uh, of the micro enterprises and how it can lead to the development in a country or in a place where uh, there is a very few scope for the big industries development or industrialization overall. Uh, either lack of the capital or lack of uh, any big enterprises to come forward uh, and, and also the same person market. One big entrepreneur, even if uh, by foreign aid, some external company comes, so they will look for the market also. They sell their product and also the source of the new and other things, all these linkages. So, under that circumstances, for a small country like Nepal, it is more useful to have many micro enterprises for not only for their self employment generation. Also, uh, many of these small enterprises depend on like self-help groups that in India are important. So, so that, that can again improve their efficiency in a cooperative manner. And I, I think in these market enterprises, so it can be some of the small enterprises which produce intermediate products and produce final products. And can join together to enhance their productive capability and get their market channel in operation. Only there you have to raise in the beginning the question that uh, can a very poor person be a successful entrepreneur? There are so many examples, not only in Nepal or in India, in abroad also, there were uh, beginning with very few dollars, uh, they became a successful business, they are, they are, they are beginning a stipend. So that happened, all also big entrepreneurs, so, and, and Allah, not only that. So, and, and necessarily those examples you have given, most of these migrant enterprises, formal formal sector, and, and uh, so the interlinkages also have been uh, uh, explained by you uh, that entrepreneurs how they can develop enterprise through developing an entrepreneurship skill, which depends on many factors and uh, how this approach system works in the country that you have uh, related here. And give an example that starting with the ten districts in 1998, by 2008, how that. Uh, the whole district of uh, Nepal. And then same uh, the constraints you have uh, mentioned here that access to technology, modern technology, it can operate in a better way. This uh, successful small entrepreneurs, micro enterprises. Micro enterprises depend on the micro credit, and micro credit, you know, that cannot started, and now it is very, very popular in all such countries. Uh, including India, Nepal, everywhere. So, the, in order to mitigate their capital deficiency and, and enhance their productive capability. And uh, along with that, the support is needed for technical skill, learning, 
and market business counseling, how to do, and social mobilization. So not only that, these micro-enterprises enhance their social accessibility and society. And I think among these in Indian policy perspective and point of view, we have also focused a lot on skill development mission. And uh, uh, that has been a flagship program. It's been quite some time. But let me just tell you the, the figures of uh, micro enterprises. So we have uh, officially MSMEs around 70 lakhs, 7 million. And uh, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, economic census which have, it says that we have over 6 crore enterprises, such enterprises, but registered only uh, uh, 70 lakhs. And uh, then there is also skill development and uh, we have something called mudra loans, uh, which gives, you know, uh, 50 up to 50,000. It's categorized into three. And they're also this facility, but uh, the handholding part, which you showed there, that is uh, pretty much missing in India. Uh, I really wanted to know what has been your experience of scale in terms of different kind of activities, because most of them will, uh, the, the program is uh, made to, to make them self-employed. So uh, what kind of hindrances uh, uh, in the inception and while scaling uh, did you uh, observe uh, or what were the bottlenecks? Uh, does uh, lack of collateral or, uh, you know, non-cooperation of banks and other things were also hindrances? because uh, uh, banking and access to documents, other things also created a lot of uh, uh, detriment here in, in Indian scenario. Uh, city, and what do you see the rural and urban scenario 
uh, uh, basically, and what uh, 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 countries of South Asia can learn from that. Uh, one more question I wanted to ask that, uh, which occupations do you think that uh, in, in your point of view, uh, other parts of South Asia can also learn from the Nepalese experience? Uh, I have a few more questions I have noted down, but let me invite Simi to add a few questions. Simi, yes. Please unmute. Yeah, please. Yeah? Yeah, okay. Simi, not audible. No. Please join again. Oh, let me go to Ramji sir to respond to this and then we yeah. can come back. Okay. Uh, thank you, Arunji. Uh, you know, basically you have uh, said that uh, it's, uh, you know, I'll just start with this hand holding kind of thing, you know, uh, because uh, because we work with the rural poor, you know, basically uh, less with the urban poor. There are also, you know, urban poors, but our focus is in the rural part of the country. So, uh, working with the rural poor, uh, it's not only rural poor because uh, it's it's with those population who are living below poverty line. You know, the thinking that I mean, they are thinking uh, as actually, you know, they they don't think they normally think like, okay, I can earn as a wage laborer. You know, I can earn some money and make make living. But uh, you know, less thinking about uh, what do we call uh, what's wrong. So Yes, it's working. Okay. Please go on. So, yes. Okay. So, um, you know, less thinking about that. If I can, if I can start an entrepreneur enterprise, you know, I can be an, a good entrepreneur. I can earn. There are possibilities. So, people of that group, you know, normally doesn't think that way. So, uh, basically, what we have our our experience that so that entrepreneurial skills, though they have, uh, you know, inheritance wise also, but you have to bring it out, you know, through a training. So that's what our initial. Uh, training this training of potential entrepreneurs that's what we do you know we expose their quality i mean uh, you know we expose them to the market thinking that you you may do this and that so that you can earn money so that hand hand holding part becomes very important to work with that section of the society for example women you know in the village and then uh, that also need to take for a certain period of time as i said to you you know, our experience says that it's one to three years period of time. If we are together for three years, then they are able to continue the business. But if we leave them in between, you know, there are chances that they will relapse. They will just go back to their original position, you know. So because of that, that handholding part is very, very crucial for us. And other thing is like, you know, the skills, uh, you know, self-employment skills, uh, you know, what kind of, uh, I mean, intervention do we do basically, uh, there are hundreds of uh, things that people can do and they have started and our uh, data shows that more than 50% of our entrepreneurs are from agriculture. So that's agro-based enterprise, you know, more or less about uh, 15 to 20% is in forestry, forest-based enterprises. So that will say that, you know, about 65 to 75, 70% of the entrepreneurs are on agro-based. So we have to focus on that area because that is we are uh, what you call agro-based economy, you know? so that's that's one reason. And other thing that you are uh, talking about, I, I agree, like, you know, uh, Professor uh, Utpal was also mentioning about this microcredit or access to credit thing, you know. 
although it is available, you know, people generally say that banks are there, money is available, there is no problem. If you talk to a banker or if you talk to somebody involved in micro, uh, you know, finance, they will say that, oh, credit is no problem in Nepal or, or any other countries. But it has a big problem because, you know, the, the micro enterprises do not need a bigger money, you know, bigger volume. They need a tiny, because they are actually, for example, how much they need? They need 50,000 rupees. You know, a banker, a bank doesn't want to go to an entrepreneur and give the 50,000 because that is not profitable to them. You know, operational cost will be high to them. So what they will do, despite government provision, despite policies issue that you have to lend certain amount of money to the rural poor, to the enterprise or micro-enterprise sector, that doesn't happen. What bank do is, you know, bank basically pay the punishment, pay some charges to the central bank and get rid of that. Instead of giving to the, you know, this, uh, what you call production or enterprise sector, they just lend to the bigger lenders, no? You know, in other sectors, <clears throat> in, in the town or urban areas, and they don't want to go to the people at the rural area. So that's the bigger problem. Even if there is a money, but it cannot reach to the poor people. It's, we, we face that difficulties. And of course, there is also a collateral issue, you know? So... And then what, what uh, the difficulties we have faced is that when these micro entrepreneurs, basically when they are micro, you know, small ones, uh, micro entrepreneurs, they can somehow manage in the village. Because we have now, um, as uh, Professor Utpal was just mentioning, we have this, you know, micro credit, uh, what you call micro finance program in the village, self-help groups, the saving and credit groups, you know, women groups. So they have their own savings, so they can manage from their own savings or from cooperatives in the village. Once they are growing, you know, when they want to scale up a little bit up, then there is a problem. So this, this middle people, you know, not a micro, not even a bigger ones, but they, they, are, they are in middle. So they cannot find the, you know, suitable institution to support them. For, for example, if someone need two lakhs rupees, you know, three lakhs rupees instead of 50,000, then there is a problem. We also find that problem and collateral issue, issue is there. So what I want to say here is that Access to finance, uh, despite a lot of improvements in our countries also, despite a lot of uh, what you call this policy provisions and, uh, you know, schemes from the government that, you know, very difficult to reach to poor people or people that we work with or those people living below poverty line. So, um, as I said, you know, in, in terms of our working, we work mostly in rural scenario um, uh, than, than urban, but there are also urban poor. Uh, we uh, we have uh, less intervention in the urban areas, but more on rural areas. So other other problem, you know, other challenge that we are facing is a technology. You know, because of technology, because there are no appropriate technology available, uh, you know, then you have people do not know what what technology that they need to do, where they can find, you know, where are the traders, where to get it from. And particularly uh, in Nepal, because of the geographical remoteness, you know, there is also geographical difficulties, you know. So uh, actually the information is also not there. So we have to, you know, support them on information. You get these things there, you have to buy it from there. You know, so there are, there are a lot of questions around the technology issue. The, even we talk technology, like again, appropriate technology, you know. If you are talking about women, then, then gender-friendly, human-friendly technologies, you know. So these are the areas, I mean, you know, challenging areas that we are facing uh, <clears throat> despite uh, what you call uh, uh, innovations, despite technology being available in the market, uh, 
you know so so this is what i want to mention about your uh, you know some of the things right right so one technical point i really wanted to ask as you said that uh, you see the success of this program when uh, the individual gets out of the poverty line as you suggested and so how do you measure this benchmark since poverty line being also you know a dynamic a thing in india we have a uh, 35 40 rupees benchmark for per day rural urban also it differentiate and un has 2 dollar 5 dollar so how are you looking into that yeah we i think basically what you see you are right you know different countries are different uh, thing and uh, we have a national uh, what you call figure you know definite definition for people living below poverty line so in the beginning when we start with doing social mobilization we have developed some kind of forms we do a, a pra you know and we get the information from the household you know how much they earn how much they have product from the agriculture and all sort of things so then we calculate where they are and then if they are below nationally defined poverty level and then uh, we start working with them once they start uh, producing things you know generally our uh, experience is that when they start selling in the market they start earning something you know so uh, uh, one or two years time when they start earnings and then uh, again the another family member get employed in that enterprise you know maybe just starting with one person will start and slowly some others are to join so firstly from the family members and if there are no family labor available somebody else from the outside will join right so then they will uh, we will calculate you know how much they earn uh, compared to earlier figure and if they are now above the nationally defined poverty level figure we said okay they are graduated now so graduated doesn't mean other thing but graduated means that basically that uh, you know poverty line figure so <clears throat> this poverty line figure is basically based on the income household income yeah, yeah household income yes because there is expenditure and other thing one more yeah. thing so which i wanted to ask china uh, has made tremendous progress as they state uh, for uh, moving people out of poverty and the similar approach uh, uh, basically for the rural areas uh, the model which they called is a semi urban uh, you know semi urban mission the model they name and similar things they are also doing uh, uh, spending on livestock uh, agroforestry or diversifying uh, how do you see there is any similarity between the nepal's model or how do you see uh, what china has been able to do because they are also linking Uh, these activity with the poverty uh, which is not so much of focus here in india do you see any similarity uh, uh, of different part of south asia and china i think i think we are more closer to indian kind of model you know the way we do because we are more linked to um, you know this side in terms of technology in terms of you know the knowledge and skills everything than than to china because Uh, i think the chinese model uh, you know they uh, maybe probably they are also little bit further uh, in terms of technology which we do not have you know so their model uh, actually we uh, uh, maybe not suitable to us so we cannot go to that line you know they are, they have little bit i think robust also in that sense that the way they are working and they are trying to bring people uh, above poverty line the definition is also very uh, uh, different in fact uh, the mudra scheme i was telling you that's also a interest subvention scheme so we give loans and we also give some interest interest rate subvention so if the market rate is 10% we give it for 5% is there also some similar scheme related to this micro enterprises scheme in yeah Nepal? yeah we have we have those schemes that's what i said there are similarity to indian uh, you know kind of model that you know um, so similar thing in nepal also 
sometimes is okay. it leading to is it leading to npas uh, are these becoming also bad loans uh, but i think we, uh, no i think these are not bad loans in that sense because you know this is a special provision from our central bank that firstly they say that okay you get in 6% interest rate but you are doing okay if you pay regularly then your interest rate will be coming down to 2% you know so you i have some okay okay i have some covid related questions during the last this year and previous yeah. but let me invite simi to ask her question simi okay not working simi not working probably something wrong no ma'am anyhow oh coming you can try using earphones once let me put my question till then sir uh, what do you think that during the covid first wave and now the second wave what has been the experiences of micro enterprises especially in rural areas in nepal if you can cover cover please. yeah yeah you know like uh, what happened was you know basically in the first uh, wave uh, we were little bit uh, in terms of uh, we can say better better in that sense you know there was a early lockdown you know the when the just just one or two person there was a death of one or two person only and then government had a big a long lockdown period so that actually uh, what you call able to break the chain and the infections was lower you know and subsequent to that after 3 4 months it subsided you know it just gone down and everybody said okay there were political rallies you know so bigger rallies were organized by political parties and everything uh when we come to october november you know december uh, like Jan even january period right so now we have the second wave so which is what you call worse uh, much worse than the first one as as in india right and then what happened to our micro entrepreneurs was uh, uh, they all impacted because of that for example you know no transportation then you cannot uh, bring your raw <laughs> materials you cannot start your enterprise you know so a uh, lot of difficulties they faced uh, in fact uh, and uh, even from the government also there are some uh, schemes to support them for recovery uh, but as i said earlier um, is this poor people or the people that we work with uh, cannot reach you know cannot get to that uh, kind of facilities from the government very difficult to get that facilities just just a second utpal sir please yes now you can repeat yes I saw the questions in the you know the box that uh, one is about local product and it's going to international market you know 
so the problem with micro enterprise you know that this the there's one issue with quality you know another issue is the scale right so the amount of uh, product that you can uh, prepare and our entrepreneurs are developing you know they can supply is, is a question again because it, they are scattered and there the production of production the volume of production is low and then people are, and other one is the quality issue sir so the, we need to work on that issue i can just cite one example for example you know like uh, i think you know this species called uh, himalayan nettle right we call allo in nepali but himalayan nettle plant species from where we do the we fabrics making so our people in the hills are uh, you know traditionally been making that but this is a very tds process for women uh because uh, it it has a health issue because when you take the bark out from the plant and then you know you wash it you you do lot of uh, process there where uh, very tds process for women so then we try to uh, you know develop a technology uh, through our uh, what you call young uh, engineers here so that whether they can mechanize that process so uh, through youtube uh, we advertise them saying that anybody interested to mechanize this so they had developed some machines you know so that process is that uh, little bit is now so uh, for example you know washing and then uh, barking everything is done by the machine now so some kind of improvement have been made which is uh, gender friendly it's good for women but uh, you know quality of thread again the question is quality of thread when the thread comes it is rough you know it's not soft enough so what we did was and that has a international market you know some of those uh, products from himalayan nettle are being sent to european market to japan and some of our micro entrepreneurs are already in the international market sending those products but very smaller quantity you know they they cannot produce in larger volume uh, one issue is there and other issues i think there is again the technology issue you know that we do not have uh, what you call the machine in that sense which can produce the thread of that quality the which you can send to international market so what we did in recently you know the 3 years before uh, with one university in south korea and one university in nepal uh, so we have a collaboration and we try to produce a thread now uh, that research has produced a thread which is more or less equivalent to our our normal fabrics right our cotton so that can be done so the research says that it can be done but for that we need a bigger mills right so bigger <clears throat> like cotton mills where you have to spend much so there now we are working on how can that be uh, what you call mechanized and we can come to that stage so there are problems for local produce to international market the, for the reasons that i mentioned but there are prospects you know prospect in one uh, thing that i told you then there are other natural uh, uh, you know fibers that can we can work with and for example a butter tree you know i can tell you an example from butter tree which is very uh, what you call unique to nepal india you know we also have number of butter trees and we have um, you know few thousands of micro entrepreneurs on that we produce soaps which is which is you know uh, very very good for health right but again the volume of production you know quality issue so some of our micro enterprises are sending them to japan also there is some linkages and the, it sells in the japanese market but what they do is they just produce a raw kind of you know soap here and it is uh, what you call uh, um, you know graded or packeted in japan and they sell in the market so uh, there are prospects but uh, bigger issues are there
have you evaluated the progress the challenges of the government efforts that you are undertaking in terms of enhancement how it has impacted the standard of living how it, it has impacted um, uh, the food and nutrition how has it uh, closed the gender gaps um, etc and uh, and also last point that i would like to make is um, uh, uh, in 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 terms of uh, commercialization when uh, when we were at nexus startup hub uh, we were uh, taught about the commercialization of our uh, of our uh, businesses so uh, is there any effort from the government uh, government in in uh, in your country nepal to ensure that uh, these are commercialized at the best possible uh, best possible market prices so that uh, it is uh, an incentive on the one hand and also it enables them to uh, perform much better yeah that was my thank you okay. thank you so much <laughs> okay thank you so let me you know start with your uh, first kind of thing on education right i was talking about because when we are talking about entrepreneurship development you know uh, we need to work on uh, like a ecosystem kind of approach no so what i was mentioning that in nepal uh, basically in the past you know people uh, didn't think much about uh, human resource for entrepreneurship development you know so as a result of when you were talking about school level education we are now talking to the politician we are now talking to the people that this needs to go to the school level education also you know um, because uh, <clears throat> because we need to change the mindset you know from there Uh, save save our young generation from there itself but it is not there in nepal you know so that's that part is lacking and then uh, what what came up is like this middle kind of you know uh, human resource those who are uh, able to work with the entrepreneurs create them you know support them the model that i was earlier talking about you know work on that so that we we started with the what we have this center for vocational education and training we call it ctvt in nepal so vocational training institute right so through there we we work with them supported to develop the curriculum for that kind of uh, human resource we call enterprise development facilitator you know it's, it's a it's a grassroots level uh, human resource that works on enterprise development and then when the university uh, you know started thinking about this then we have uh, curriculum and we have courses at the masters level in nepal right sometime in the mba course you may have one or two subjects in enterprise development sometime you have more and there is also one uh, what you call uh, institutes that's now uh, takes master student in enterprise development alone so that's that's a entrepreneurship development course also there but uh, at the bachelor level the course there is none so it was basically missing and then uh, you know if uh, like for example if you if we are sick then we can go to a doctor but if the enterprise industry is sick where to go because there are nobody to consult you know that kind of emergency is not there so we need to work on that front so i agree with you so we need mentors you know we need uh, people to help uh, enterprise uh, at the community level at the you know local government level so that kind of humanities is not there that's what we have started we have supported a university to start a course on uh, entrepreneurship development that's a four year bachelor course but again uh, our since we are working as a what you call professional and you know promoting working with the entrepreneurs our aim has to be uh, as you said given a choices you know so diversity of choices to the students either they can pursue their higher education but we feel that 
so we have designed a course in such a way that you know first year and second year they they do their normal courses in the university enterprise development courses but uh, end of the second year they have to develop their own uh, business plan right and then from third year onwards they have to uh, start working on their own enterprise while they are at the students so our idea is that when they are graduated uh, at the end of the fourth year some of them will really think that okay i will be an entrepreneur i'll start a business rather than you know look for government jobs or jobs outside so uh, idea is to bad that they become a job creator than job seeker so that is the in that with that mind uh, we have we have developed that course and that just started from this year so we do not know only 40 students are now uh, you know uh, taking the classes just started for the first year and we are also still work in progress you know how to support them like we need now starter funds you know for their uh, students uh, uh, work their in, uh, enterprise how to support you know where they get money from where the university yeah. can support them so all that kind of we are still discussing with the university so that's one part and other part was that you are talking about you know this startup everything and in the international markets whether there is uh, you know bigger agencies playing uh, world bank uh, you are right that urban is now has also stepped in into the entrepreneurship development mm -hmm. they have mm -hmm. a now bigger project they are now planning uh, when I say bigger project, more than hundred million dollar or so. Mm -hmm. So they are also thinking to come into this area. You know, slowly the entrepreneurship development is now growing because first, as I said, this uh, the program I call micro enterprise development program started in 1998 is the first one uh, a real program in terms of entrepreneurship development in Nepal. Mm -hmm. We did this lot of these works, but mm -hmm. uh, slowly other agencies are coming in, and that we 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 hope that this W World Bank program will have uh, you know substantial work mm -hmm. uh, because this is a bigger one. They are working with the basically not with the Ministry of Industry, but this Ministry of Agriculture. So okay. it will be focused on uh, agro enterprise, mm -hmm. you know, that 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 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of commercializing business, you know, now at this ministry, the Ministry of Industry, Commerce and Supplies, now there is a discussion going on because uh, this ministry worked with the micro enterprise for a number of years, 20 years or so. So this is a time to grow. So the government really now focus on those who are interested. You, are, you, you raise a very important mm -hmm. point, you know, that all the micro enterprises are not interested to grow. You know, they are not at all interested. They just earn some money. It's, mm -hmm. it's all for them. But the idea, the discussion on the discussion at the ministry is that, that now we need to go uh, onto the growth uh, potential micro entrepreneurs to small enterprise. You know, mm -hmm. government need to support. Uh, mm -hmm. So we are uh, developing support mechanisms. And then uh, here currently we are working on the guidelines. So government is coming out with a guideline for the, this, this business growth. Uh, commercialization of the micro entrepreneurs and that that is again very you know initial discussion are going on and minister of finance is uh, also interested uh, to provide the support to that so that that will be another milestone in micro enterprise development nepal you know commercializing the the existing business also so that's Absolutely. what i can say to you but very primitive stage right right at least there is a movement and that is very yeah, there's a movement yes you are yeah, right yeah yeah Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Back to you, Dr. Arjun. Yes, thank you. We Utpal Sari also want to make some uh, comments. 
just just a second sir utpal sir yes. uh, this present juncture where the industries are facing problem uh, from the production side uh, under this covid situation uh, of the scarcity of labor and simultaneously many people are getting are finding it very difficult to get job in those industries so for them it is uh, i think a uh, very good uh, for their survival to have their own micro enterprises and i think for their survival whether they can grow to a particular beyond a particular limit or not but at least to a sustainable level that they can maintain i think that is possible and uh, apart from the diversity what i can say the many of the micro enterprises who produce some goods uh, is used as an intermediate product for many other micro enterprises i think that is also another alternative option to have a sustainability option uh, for that uh, of this type of enterprises and uh, capital as as a question that uh, rojun was asking about that that whether it will uh, enhance the nps if the bank come forward and give loan and also the telephony was saying that if a small small amount of loan is given uh, then uh, operational cost will be more because uh, return for the bank will be very small in comparison to that and that can be overcome what i think if suppose uh, a number of enterprises like some central group similar type so they jointly ask for some loan or capital support so that, that then it will be a bigger capital but joint responsibility can be given some sort of similar to the central group and then if there is a deficiency or some lacuna in one of these micro enterprises others can come forward and support so that sustainably they can manage the so and one in a linked type of support they can operate that is also an option because many of these are operated in the rural and other areas you can say so that type of regional
right or or yes dr ramji if you like to have any parting or final words yeah dr arjun thank you i think the in a, in a final word i just uh, you know what you call compliment to what professor utpal just said you know in the covid context we have uh, another uh, you know challenging area is that like lot of these migrant workers coming to nepal now because of the covid and we have large number of nepali population in india who they, who are there either they are employed there for number of years or they are seasonal uh, you know workers so all of them are now slowly returning here and then uh, also we have to think now government also now thinking you know what can be done what micro enterprises that they can start in their villages you know so that they can sustain um, of course some of them in the first wave they came and they went back again now with the second wave of covid they are again coming back so this will coming and going you know this will all happen but that is one area that now government uh, is also talking about you know thinking what can be done uh, basically through uh, intervention in micro enterprises so that's all uh, from me thank you very much thank you for comments and your suggestions it was nice talking you know nice discussion thank you thank you so much sir so uh, just let me uh, propose a, a vote of thanks so thank you very much everyone and on behalf of impri south asian studies center uh, as counter view and center for development communication and St studies we thank our speaker for today for uh, dr ramji prasad nepane sir uh, joining us from nepal on uh, giving us a lecture on the topic enabling micro enterprises for economic growth entrepreneurship development with government policy interventions in nepal uh, we are so much thankful to you sir for enlightening us on this very important topic uh, south asia being Uh, mostly rural and which is urbanizing it is very important that we uh, focus on on these aspects because a lot of migration and other things as we were also discussing that is happening and in this decade it is very important to to push people out of poverty for uh, overall health hygiene safety security and everything so thank you very much sir and uh, uh, thank you professor utpal kumar des sir for moderating and sharing this session some technical glitch Uh, but in shillong all the time there is rain so it keeps on <laughs> happening always so it's really northeastern hill university so you are on hill so thank you thank you also semi and all the participants uh, for joining us today and uh, gaining from the insights of uh, dr ramji sir thank you once again and have a nice day thank you thank you thank you sir it was very thank nice you. thank you all. thank you thank you bye bye bye